Welcome back to the Lancaster School District Podcast, School Buzz. I'm your host, Rebecca Cooksey, and we're here to discuss ideas that are relevant to uh, the community and individuals in our school district. So today I have with me Cindy Queen, who is the principal of Discovery, and Erie Robertson, the principal of Miller. And we're going to be talking a little bit about Title I and what those funds are and how schools use them, what we do for kids. So go ahead and introduce yourself, ladies, and give us a short little background on you. Good afternoon. I'm Erie Robertson. Like um, Rebecca said, I am the principal at Miller Elementary School. I've been in this district for a couple of years. I was an AP at New Vista, and um, I am enjoying my experience right now. Very cool. Erie and I worked together with pa- in Palmdale for like a brief moment. She was a sixth grade teacher, and I was the assistant principal at Yucca, so uh, we've known each other for a long time. So we are all keeping it in the family. Here. <laughs> we're all from Palmdale, but we're here now. That's right. We've we made it better. We've made it I'm Cindy Queen. I'm the principal at Discovery. And like um, Erie just mentioned, um, I've also been in the district for a couple of years. This is my second year as a principal at Discovery. And uh, also formerly worked at uh, Palmdale. School with district me. with yeah. Erie, and um, I am very much enjoying myself here. So I'm very excited to be here and share this information with you. And you both have great schools. I mean, just totally different groups of kids there, but so much going on that's positive, and you've got great staff, you've got great things going on for kids. So you're kind of lucky as principals because sometimes you get a school like, oh, I gotta really build this school up. And you both have great schools that you're working with. Yeah, I think we really lucked out on that. Mm-hmm. And the fact that is like we're we're twins. Yeah. Our, our, our our schools are exactly <laughs> the same. Actually, I had somebody come in today and they said, it's the same, same as, as discovery. discovery. And I said, That's right, you'll never get lost. Just think of discovery. And and it's true. We have um I, I am truly blessed with a um veteran staff and a engaged community. So this kind of information is only icing on the cake with that little cherry too. That is true. Same same thing for me. Our uh, my staff, my teachers are amazing. The kiddos are wonderful, and I have happen to have the highest population in the school district for ELs. Okay. And mm-hmm. so we're really trying to get the parents involved and inform everyone. And uh, we are lucky to be where we're at. Mm-hmm. Great. So tell me a little bit about Title One what it's used for, where we get the money from, um, and how does your school use it? Uh, rock, paper, scissors? <laughs> okay, all right. So um, Title I is a part of the Elementary Second Secondary Education Act that was amended, I, was it 1976? It was, 19, it was, okay, it was before my time. And, and they just redid it. Yes. Yeah, so, so um, the money itself provides for um, supplemental support that is above our curriculum. So on top of the curriculum that we use, our state standards and the materials that we use, the Title I money also supports um, our interventions that we do for language arts and mathematics. It supports uh, our professional development, um, in some cases for our teachers that do the intervention for language arts and mathematics. So it's a very vital program. It's, it's very vital money that we, we incorporate into our everyday working lives at any elementary mm-hmm. school. And it helps us with instructional activities, counseling, technology, after school programs, parental involvement, mm-hmm. increasing our staff and adding those extra supports. Mm-hmm. 
And so it, it's generated um, based on the percentages of students who qualify for free and reduced lunch. Um, but we're not talking about individuals. It's a percentage of total. So then that money is based off of how many you have. And then you then fold that money back into your budget to support your needs at your site. Because every school's needs are different because every site is different with different students, different staff, different community um, that needs different things. And that's, I think, the important thing is that we don't do the exact same thing at every school because kids are different, communities are different, what parents want is different. And we have to be responsive to what our community wants and help our kids achieve. That is right. But I think it's important to highlight that the funding goal here is to um, assist the schools in meeting the educational um, goals for the students, in this case, in low uh, socioeconomic schools. Mm -hmm. So we do agree and we do have the same shared goal, mm -hmm. even though your amount might be different than mm -hmm. my amount. The goal is the same. Exactly. Yes. We want kids to achieve. And we everybody knows that children in poverty tend to not achieve as well as other kids because they don't have the same opportunities. They don't get to go on vacations. They don't have as many books at home. They don't have the experiences, the, experiences the exposure that, that other children mm -hmm. do. So that this money is to help us give them more of that exposure and help them achieve better. Mm -hmm. So how do you, um, does specifically at your school at Discovery, Cindy, what do you guys do with your Title I money? So as I mentioned before, we do have some money set aside to add support. So bring in um, instructional assistant extra support. We do have money set aside for technology, lots of money to be set aside for technology. And we also have money set aside for um, our intervention, so our tutoring and enrichment. Right. Um, we just recently moved from STEM to STEAM. Mm -hmm. So we are... Um, so not everybody knows that education is. Mm -hmm. um, so what does STEAM mean? STEAM means science, technology, um, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Okay. And so we added a component, which is the arts. Mm -hmm. And this year we allocated a lot of money toward a program called uh, Meet the Masters. Oh, good. And we chose that program because um, our teachers were a little bit um, afraid. They were a little bit hesitant. Like well, they're you, not te they're not teaching art. Yeah, they're worried about. You don't that. have that background. You mm -hmm. think it has to do with skill and rather than discovery and ex exploration. And right. Um, mm -hmm. that can be a little intimidating. Right. So this program is going to be perfect because it really teaches the basics and it makes people not be afraid of the brush or right. the crayon or whatever medium. And um, we are going to be expecting lots and lots of fun, beautiful projects. Right. Um, I have a daughter who's an artist, and so sometimes the art that she does is just very out there and crazy, but art doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be this, this absolute perfect master's drawing. It, it can be all kinds of great things, and so that's nice that kids are getting to explore that. That's school. right. Iri, how are you using your Title I money? So our Title I money is um, really dedicated to our intervention and, and enrichment in our in our at our site. So talking about our after school tutoring, our after school academies, where we are being very targeted and inviting students based off of the data that is produced from some of our diagnostic programs to support and target 
specifically that skill that these certain students need for this period of time. And then they will do another diagnostic to find out if they need inviting, being invited again, or if they are okay and they go to the next, our next level of that. So that's in language arts and math. And then also, just like Cindy, we have allocated quite a good amount of money to support our technology for our intervention um, in language arts and math. So making sure that our students are exposed to our technology and the technology that they're going to be using on a regular everyday basis from now on. I mean, we are trying to make sure that by the end of this year, we are one-to-one -one in every single classroom. So even in the younger grades, all the way down to kinder, one-to-one -one so that they are um, using the the computers, the way that they are going to continue to have to use the computers throughout elementary, middle school, high school, college, career, and beyond, because we are not going back exactly to paper pencil. We're still going to use paper pencil, but we're going to be on technology. And, it, and it's important for the little ones mm -hmm. to start with those basic skills on how to utilize a mouse, how mm -hmm. to utilize the keyboard, mm -hmm. and, and yes. having that finger placement. Mm -hmm that is only going to be helpful later on when they get to third grade and taking those state tests. Yeah. Exactly. And I think one of the things you said, you used it for intervention. Mm -hmm. We've got some really great programs that are very interactive with kids that will give them, you know, do an answer mm -hmm. and it will give them feedback immediately. Instead of having, like in the old days, you do a worksheet mm -hmm. and you turn into a teacher and maybe the next day you get a bad graded. You didn't know if you were doing it right or wrong. Right. And with these programs, immediately will tell the child, nope, that's not right. And to try again or give them an example of how to solve it. But then in addition, these programs do also give immediate data and the teacher can use that data to pull small groups within that time. It's not a matter of waiting six to eight weeks to make another small group. They can literally pull the data and within that one hour intervention time, they will be able to pull another group if they use a diagnostic in that in a quick manner. Yeah, and, that, and that's the beauty of technology. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. gives you that information back immediately so that you can use it to make good instructional yep. decisions. Mm -hmm. What are the expectations about communicating about Title I monies to parents, and what is their role? So I think we both mm -hmm. do really well, as many of the other colleagues in the district. We communicate to parents at our back-to-school night. Mm -hmm. So we combine the back-to-school night with our Title I informational meeting. And I know it's a little bit overwhelming, and that is the reason why we wanted to have this right. podcast, yeah. <laughs> because it gives people the information that they need in a setting that is less stressful at the time. Everybody mm -hmm. just wants to go see the, the child's teacher, but that is our first connection with them. Yeah. Um, before that, at the Welcome Back mm -hmm. event, we kind of start to, to have those little conversations unofficially. Mm -hmm. um, when they ask questions or you ask questions of them, especially if they're repeating families that you already know by name and you're welcoming them back, um, you start to throw that in and you mm -hmm. say, hey, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have our back to school and you kind of recruit them mm -hmm. to come in for those purposes. So that's our first. Um, and then one of our other means of communicating um, our Title I information is during what, it depends on what the, what the administrator wants to call it. Uh, mine is called Coffee and Conversations. Right. So one of our, which is one of our community meetings, it, it's really just kind of like a town hall or an, an open forum for um, parents to come in. And I usually, we usually have a theme that we're going to talk about. If it's close to testing, we'll talk about testing, but we'll also mention 
our Title One and the nature of our Title One. It's kind of like almost a State of the Union, too, because we'll talk about where we are right now in the program, um, answer any questions that they have to they ask. So usually within those kind of conversations, we'll also bring up Title One. It's on the agenda to, to be addressed. And then one of our last ways of communicating is with any kind of documentation that we might put out on the um, on our personal website, the school website. So every school, if you didn't know, has their own website. So yes, if, you go to, if you go to the Lancaster uh, website, you can click on your specific school and find that school's website. And there may be Title I information, personal school-focused um, Title I information on the website. And, and before this podcast started, I looked at both your schools to see if you had that information. And you do. You both have a gra- beautiful graphic organizer on your school site in English and in Spanish. So parents have that information. And it's just right there for them. So we, we, we felt that it was very important mm-hmm. for us to produce something that was kind of tangible, even mm-hmm. though we I didn't print it out, mm-hmm. she printed it out. Uh-huh. Um, but the information is there at the fingertips. Mm-hmm. So, And I also pushed it out on, our, on my Facebook page, mm-hmm. and I have it um, flying in our display TV in the front yeah, lobby. I have that too. Yeah. So, so we really want to make sure that people are informed, because mm-hmm. when they're not informed, then they don't know, and they cannot mm-hmm. do what we're expecting them. To do, we're asking them to do, know. yeah, and then you know, and then it also gives them another level of um, of information where they might now be more interested in joining in a committee that we might have a school site council because once they understand the nature of the Title One money, well, then how are we spending it? Is it is exactly. it decided in isolation? No, actually, we have several committees that help us spend this Title One money and what we're going to do with it for the betterment of our students. And and that's so important for parents to understand that we want them to be part of our community, give us their feedback and be part of the mm-hmm. decision-making process. We don't, as a, at a school or even a district, spend money in isolation. We have to have committees and parent input to, to spend that money and make the appropriate plans for our kids. I'm gonna throw you a curveball now. I went to a conference recently and they said there was a group of kids who had come back because they were homeless children and they had done some work with teachers and one of the things they said that really resonated with me was nothing for us without us. And mm-hmm. I thought, wow, that mm-hmm. was very powerful for me to hear. I thought, are we including children voices in when we make mm-hmm. decisions for kids? Um, are they part of that decision on, you know, okay, I'm having trouble with reading or I'm having trouble with math. Do we get their input on how they would best like to learn? So I know that we didn't talk about mm-hmm. that, but I'm going to throw you a little curveball there. Yeah. So well, I well we uh, Miller has done a couple of things in order to get the the voice of our students, and and it's not just Miller. There is a massive survey that goes out at the end of the school year that involves every three through sixth grade. Well, okay, we're at Miller's elementary school campus, so every three through sixth grade, I go to sixth grade. Student takes this survey, and it and it it breaks it down into three different categories. And one of the categories is um, the relationship, and then also their academics and how they feel they're supported, or um, is it rigorous enough? So we use that data. But then um, my coach, the coach, and I, Ali um, Hazard. Um, Hazard had put out a um, a Google Doc for specifically for our students to ask them what kind of enrichment would they like okay. this year and in order to support that decision. Um, we are trying to connect with Lancaster High School, who has offered to come in and support some of our after-school programs Wonderful. to see which which one would they like, more art, more sports, more science, more technology. So we've used that. And then also just the, the, the everyday questions that we get from our 
our students to the teachers and then the teachers bring it to our leadership team and our leadership team then brings it all together so we can make these informed decisions for for the school site. So that's kind of what happens at the Miller campus. And I'm going to bat it on over to uh, Cindy and say, how's it going on yours? Your campus that looks exactly like mine. Yes. <laughs> and we do the exact same surveys that you do. There you go. <laughs> so we um, rely on the youth through uh, the end of the year, like right. Mary was explaining. And we have had conversations about her own Google form that they have created a Miller mm -hmm. and how she is tapped into the resources through the Lancaster High School. So I am in the process of having those similar conversations. Right. Um, I And uh, I'm excited about it because parents are always asking, well, what do you have after school? Mm -hmm. And what do you do for after school? And one of the questions that I often comes across my desk is, do you have sports? And sadly, the answer is always, no, we don't. No. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, and we're being very intentional to provide, like we said earlier, not only remediation, mm -hmm. but, but enrichment. Exactly. Because yeah. we have to reach everyone, mm -hmm. not just the ones that are falling low, right. but all those who are excelling as well, because right. it's not fair. And then we have to play the mm -hmm. equity piece. How is this equitable for those who are excelling? What are you doing for them? Yeah, goes back to the four questions. Yeah. You know, that we are always going to our PLC four questions, you know, especially that last one. What are you gonna do when they've already done it? Done it or reached it. And it and that travels that goes through everything. It's not just pure academics, it's it's social emotional, it's um, engagement. What are you gonna do next to get to the next level, to get to the next level and the next level? Because learning is continuous. This is so right. true. It's like this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, ladies, did you have anything else to add? Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I think we covered it all. Is there more? <laughs> well, thank you. Actually, you guys volunteered for this podcast. <laughs> hey, we, we could do one on Title One. I'm like, sure, that sounds good. Um, so you can find this uh, podcast on Spreaker, on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, and for Android users, I figured out Pocket Cast. Um, you can also find it on the district website. So as you tune out, listen to our students from Sierra singing Simple Truth.